Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? You told us when it could be time to panic. Well, is it time to panic? Well, let me just tell you, folks, it's never going to be time to panic because we're never going to give up. We're not going to give up on America. America is worth it. America is worth it fighting for. America's worth not giving up. And while we have that attitude of not giving up, we are constantly going to be searching, strategizing, coming up with ways to prevail. We've got the basics. We have we have millions and millions of Americans that are fed up. Can't wait to do something about it. There will be a series of ideas that people come up with based on Dealing with the fraud that we know we have to deal with. You're not alone. You're not a singular individual all by yourself out there trying to fight these people by yourself. There are 74 million plus and growing. We're not going to give up on America. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. As always, a delight to be with you here. I say often, and I have in the in the last several years, and it's usually in response to COVID. I say, don't ever forget what they've done to you. Don't don't ever forget what any of these people have done to you. How they've trampled your rights. How they turned your neighbors into militant narcs. How they wanted to force you against your will to do things you didn't want to do. How they demanded you close your, your business. How they demanded that your children, as young as three, wear masks. How they treated you like a child. Putting arrows on the ground at your grocery store so you knew how to walk. And circle six feet apart so nobody got too close. It was embarrassing. Not to us. Not to those of us who have common sense. Not to those of us who were the first ones to take off the stupid mask and saying, you know what? I did the 15 days, but now you people are crazy. And I'm done. I'm done with crazy train. You all want to continue? Go on. But I'm hopping off here. Never forget what these people have done to you. Never forget how corrupt this is. Never forget the people who have lied under oath, trampling what we believe is something that is precious. Your word. It doesn't matter anymore. And I feel very, very naive when I say I'm, I'm pretty sure it hasn't mattered for a while for these people. But the name of today's show is I Want Revenge. Do you know what my revenge would be? It's not, not something physical. There's no violence. There's no getting in somebody's face. It is the slow dismantling of all of the suck that we have allowed to happen, to let happen, because we've had rhinos, establishment elitists, the machine called the Republican Party. We've allowed them to be in control for too long. 
So after Vivek Ramaswamy said yesterday, you know what, Ronna McDaniel, she needs to go. Lady's lost everything she's touched. Why are we still doing this? I'll step aside. Ronna, I know you're in the, in the audience. Come on forward. And if you want to resign, I will give you my time to do so. Well, apparently, a source who was sitting near Ronna McDaniel in the audience at last night's debate said, she, said that Ronna said she called Vivek an a-hole and declared that the party would not be giving him one cent. He's an a-hole, total a-hole, she reportedly said. Again, I wasn't there, I don't know. He's desperate because he's doing bad in the polls. He won't be getting a cent from us. She also loudly booed him during his exchange with Nikki Haley, according to the person sitting nearby. Quote, she was in a complete meltdown mode over Vivek, the source says. This is in the middle of the audience within earshot of at least 50 people. Okay, whether or not that happened, we can agree on this because facts don't lie. Ronna McDaniel, since she took over as the head of the RNC in 2017, how much has she lost? How about eight governor's races, three Senate seats, 19 House seats, and one presidential loss? Well, that's, that's successful. And this is why I thought it was really interesting when I heard Steve Bannon talking with John Solomon, who's just a great investigator for JustTheNews.com. And they're talking about Ronna McDaniel. And John Solomon uses a fantastic analogy. Why do we keep dragging around this dead weight? You wouldn't drag around a dead weight person in your business. If somebody is affecting your bottom line, isn't producing the results they said they would, you cut them. You move along and you try to stop the, the flow of, of loss as fast as possible. He uses a sports analogy, talking about George Steinbrenner and, and, and baseball. And I want you to hear, this is John Solomon talking about, this is on Trump to fix. Trump and Trump only. Listen. Donald Trump grew up in the era of New York uh, dominated by George Steinbrenner. When his managers didn't perform, he fired him because he wanted to get to the World Series. Republicans keep giving Ronna McDaniel a uh, promotion. They keep moving around. They keep hiring her for another season. Uh, Donald Trump has to make, I think, if he wants to win, of all the people I've talked to in the last 12 hours. By the way, a lot of people saw this train wreck coming two days ago. Who didn't? How many times are you allowed to fail? Now, I'm intrigued. I, I wonder why was it that Donald Trump liked her and wanted her to continue? Harmeet Dillon tried to get in on this. Mike Lindell, sadly, he'll never, you know, I get his point. God bless him. There were alternatives to Ronna McDaniel. Trump decided to get behind her. What, so she could fail this miserably? So we could galvanize and be upset the way I feel right now so that I have to name my show I Want Revenge? Maybe so. Maybe so. In audio soundbite number two, he continues with the sports analogy and says dramatic action is needed now. This has to change stat. Listen. If your manager keeps losing World Series, usually, at least George Steinbrenner in the Donald Trump era of New York, he fired the manager. They keep keeping Ronald McDaniel despite all of the problems that are there. If you want to make a sudden change, and get donors believing that maybe we can win in 2024, which is what Republicans are saying, you got to do something dramatic. And I think that starts at the RNC, which is not raising money well. It does not do a ground game. Listen, it's bank the vote idea is the stupidest idea I've ever seen. You know why? They want to just take people who vote on Election Day and get them to vote early. That does not change 
the game. It's a net zero change in voting. You got to go out and get low propensity voters like Donald Trump did in 2016 and 2020 and get them off their derriers to vote either early or later, but they're not moving early propensity voters. How many of you have ever given one red cent to the RNC? I would never give money to them. You don't represent my values. You're not listening. You're the rich elitist losers of suck who put us in this position time and again. You are the party of Mitt Romney and John McCain and other zeros. You know, the Tea Party came around for a reason and they shook things up and it's morphed. MAGA is not some negative moniker. When you say you're for making America great again, that says everything. And when people in your party push back against that, they tell you everything that they are. And he continues. When Donald Trump, when the leading candidate, when the guy who's the face and the voice and the everything of the party doesn't show up to your stupid debate, do you think you've got a problem, Rana? Listen. Republican Party in your lifetime or my lifetime couldn't get the leading Republican candidate to participate in the debates. What does that tell you? The Republican Party can't even get its guy at 60% approval rating in the primary polling to show up for a debate. Why? Because they've got the wrong approach. And I think at some point, you can either keep walking into these races and losing and cry the morning after, or you take some significant change. And I think talking to the big donor base, and by the way, some of the big donors are fed up. They're done with the RNC. They're, they're, that's why the RNC's fundraising has begun to lack. They don't believe that the RNC can uh, come up with a winning message or a winning ground game or winning candidates. And so they're starting to fund outside activities. And of course, that creates a whole, whole different dynamic of people fighting against each other. If you want to, if you want to get rid of the cancer, start at the source of the the disease. And right now, the RNC is its source. It has failed for five straight elections. Uh, it's time for someone to say, hey, that's what it is. We need a change. We need a change. Who wants to give money to a party that's not listening? That's what's going on here. And there's only one person to fix it. Audio soundbite four. Donald Trump is the, uh, without a doubt, the effective leader of the Republican movement, the conservative movement. It's his call. If he told her to step down, she'd step down, right? He's got to make it. He's got to be George Steinbrenner at this moment in history. He got behind Ronald McDaniel when there was an upstart challenge from someone uh, a few months ago uh, with, with um, the great lawyer from uh, San Francisco, and they didn't. It didn't happen, right? He got behind Ronda. Now they lost another election. It's, it's Trump's call. He's the, uh, clearly the head uh, of the party right now with his polling data. If he wants a change, he makes a change. He has to be George Steinbrenner. I think it's interesting. So we'll see what Trump does. There's a reason he does what he does. There's a reason why he doesn't do what he doesn't do. But think about how idiotic at the very base level, if nothing else you know about the the Republican National Committee, to make the candidates who are vying with Trump for the nomination, to make them sign a pledge saying whomever the candidate is, I promise I won't contest it. I'll get behind them. What are we in kindergarten, Rana, you hack? Cut out the cancer, he says. Uh, yeah. All right, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, I got, I got, you got to hear what Rana McDaniel has to say because there's a reporter on the scene there at the debate, talks to Rana right after. So you got called out by Vivek Ramaswamy. What's your rebuttal? Oh, boy. 
Okay, I got it for you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. I think what we say often on this program, and I, and I, we look around, it happened with Fauci, uh, with Francis Collins, certainly with Bill Gates, George Soros, um, all, all my greatest hits of people who I can't stand, uh, Klaus Schwab, the majority of people who are in government, there seems to be this really weird insecurity and ego crashing. We have a lot of people who I think I picked on when they were little who have vengeance and it pulses through them and they're going to go out there and they're going to do like, how does Bill Gates do so much damage, do so much harm under the guise of medical necessity? Well, all those kids in sub-Saharan Africa, we need to vaccinate them against blank, blank and blank. You know what? I'm pretty sure they're doing just fine without you. Tony Fauci, right? If you question me, you question science. You know what? We just want someone who doesn't suck. We want somebody who says what they're going to do, who cares about this country, who cares about the people of this country, who puts this country first, who has a provable track record of so doing, which is why it is a natural no-brainer for us to get behind Donald Trump. We know what we're getting. And the benefits far outweigh any of the perceived negatives of Donald Trump. Ronna McDaniel is unfortunate. She is in a position where, much like Kevin McCarthy, I think they become intoxicated by the idea of their own importance. I'm going to be the people, the person that other people need to talk to. The media, they're going to be calling me. And they're going to need to know what's going on. Kevin McCarthy, I think the hardest thing he ever did was have that gavel taken from his hand. Because I'm sure he had the iron fist on it. No, not yet. Right? I want to be the guy. See, and we need people who are not me-focused. We need people who are mission-focused. And, and we're finding out that a lot of the people who might have purported to be down with the mission, to, to pretend that they loved America and what, what we feel, they really are about themselves. And it's so obvious. So Vivek says... You know what? It's time for Ronan McDaniel to resign. I think it's undeniable. I agree with him. Track record, that's it. That's all you need. So Katie Pavlik from townhall.com. She is right outside the debate. It's like a color commentary. It's so bizarre. And Ronna McDaniel is there and she's like, look, we have Ronna McDaniel. You know, Ronna. Vivek said something, wow, he kind of lit you up. He said, it's time for you to resign. I'd like to give you an opportunity to to." Respond. What do you want to say? I want you to listen to what Ronna McDaniel has to say and then chew on it for a little bit. I know how it makes me feel. I want to know how it makes you feel. Listen to this. There were allegations uh, that were thrown on the stage by a number, one of the candidates in particular, arguing that the Republican Party has a culture of losing. Specifically, Vivek Ramaswamy called for you to resign. Would you like to respond to that? I'm going to focus on beating Joe Biden. I, I wish that's what all the candidates did. I'm not running for president. I'm very proud of the fact that under my tenure, we won back the House. We now are getting investigations into the Bidens. I also, as Michigan chair for the first time in 30 years, won a state that Democrats hadn't been in. I'm very proud of the fact that we're going to have staff in 15 states heading into 2024. But, you know, I'll leave other people to attack Republicans. I'm going to focus on Democrats. I will say this. 
we can't attack each other and win. We need all of us. So if you're taking time to attack another Republican, especially when you're not even running against, maybe let's think about how we talk about the border, fentanyl, crime, Joe Biden, and the thing that things that Americans want to hear about because they're really hurting. They're really hurting. And let me tell you, I know I'm down with that struggle. We need to stop fighting between ourselves, among ourselves. You know, Rana, if that's what you really felt, your job number one wouldn't be to get your freaking candidates to sign some stupid pledge to say, I promise whatever happens, I'm going to get behind whomever wins because we don't trust you. We don't trust any of it. Don't you understand that? I'm really proud that we took back the house. Girl, you, got four, you have four seats. It is by a razor's thin edge. What happened to the wave? Oh, there wasn't one. I'm really proud of the fact that now we're in 15 states. You're in 15 states. You're saying that the RNC has people in 15 states. You think that that's a success? That's something that you should celebrate? You've been in this position for six years. One more time. Under her tutelage. We've lost eight governor's races. Three Senate seats. 19 House seats. One presidential loss. And that presidential loss started this chapter of American Suck. Thanks, Rana. You're really doing a great job. Thank you for all you do. Vivek is right. And if that means he's hated, then I like him. Keep fighting, Vivek. Keep telling the truth. I have a story I got to drop on you after this short break. The weaponization of the federal government. When they come after a journalist for telling the truth and a January 6th protester who they are now haunting down like a wanted fugitive. Your hands will shake a little bit. I guarantee it. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Now, this is a headline that I find scary, and we have two of them today, in fact, that we need to talk about. Because we hear these voices on the left, people in the media say, no, 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 there are not two tiers of justice in this country. You pay attention, you know what's going on, you live in Realville, you see it every single day. January 6th protesters vilified other people who chant death to Jews. Well, you know, it's just... It's a tough one. We're just going to let them go. Really? How about all the the lunatics from Jane's Revenge? Man, no wonder the left is always so angry. Everything they do sucks. Every mission, every single member of their militant wing of, of rabid, active, woke, lunacy. See, there's a time that all of these people, when all these people do grow up and they realize that they have been used as a cog in a political wheel and that the people who they think they're supporting don't care about them. The Jewish community is seeing that right now. I mean, literally, you have half of the Democrat Party wanting to kill the other half. These are tough times. And it's necessary for us to have very clear conversations about this. Because it is not okay for the United States Department of Justice, and I'll use that loosely, 
to weaponize against people with whom they disagree. It's happening on college campuses. Where black students, white students, Jewish students who decide to walk that their own independent line and determine who they are find themselves in a very frightening crosshair. And there's a situation in Texas you need to know about because there is a journalist there who has ring doorbell video of her home repeatedly being visited by the FBI. And they want to talk to her. Why do they want to talk to her? Knock, knock, knock. Why did they go after? Is it Schellenberger? I think it was Michael Schellenberger. Is that his name? I forget. He's one of the the Twitter files droppers. He was there testifying about the things that he had experienced. And at the same time, there was an IRS agent knocking on his door. And they were going to tell us, you know, that's just normal. The IRS always goes to people's houses. Really? Never? Well, the FBI is apparently on a hunt now, not for actual bad people, but for people who tell the truth, even if it's a journalist. So here is your story. The sanctity of a free press and the protection of journalistic sources have come under direct fire now in the Lone Star State. This is according to a young lady named Sarah Fields. She is the director of advocacy for the Texas Freedom Coalition. She's also a reporter for the publica and this is she's saying all this after exposing the possible existence of a hamas training camp right near the u.s mexico border i think this is kind of interesting we might want to know if right on the border which is very porous as we see people come right on in as department of homeland security border patrol agents admit it's on us that the border is open we opened it and we see it should you not know that right across there, right there with an eye shot, we can see it looks like a bunch of people dressed in all black training for something. She said, what? And she started reporting on it. Fields recently made a public or made public a harrowing account of corrupt FBI agents arriving unannounced at her doorstep. Not once, twice in a brazen attempt to intimidate and extract information about a confidential human source that she used in her reporting. By the way, you're allowed to do that. That is, have a confidential source. It began on October 17th when, according to Fields, FBI agents appeared at her doorstep as she was away. She recounts that the agents later contacted her, insisting on a private meeting at their local office to discuss her reporting, particularly stories related to war and to the border. Fields, true to the ethos of journalistic integrity, refused. She said it became harassment after I didn't show up to their private meeting. She's got video on this article from the Gateway Pundit. You can see it. It just shows these guys who are clearly feds, right? Knocking on her door aggressively. So Fields wrote this on Twitter. I've been debating on whether to share about this or not. But because they showed up to my house unannounced again today... I decided to go ahead and let you all know. The FBI showed up at my door unannounced on October 17th. I wasn't home. And I won't share the whole video for the sake of protecting others in my home. They called me later in the day, wanted to arrange a meeting in private at their local office. They wanted to speak to me about certain stories I have reported on with special interest regarding anything war or border related. And the only conclusion I can come to is that they would like access to my sources. 
They also told me they were, quote, uncomfortable speaking about these topics on the phone. I did not meet with them, she writes. I do not and will not share sources, especially when they have requested to remain anonymous. Her sources have. Such is the right of a journalist in the United States of America. I understand that the FBI has a few, quote, good guys spread throughout their agency. However, it is impossible to know who is good and who is corrupt. Touche. The FBI is corrupted beyond repair, and you will never see me cooperate with them. Right now, they're acting like a desperate guy who got turned down and is now turned stalker. If the FBI is reading this, kindly stick it. I love her. Do not come to my house because I reported on what is a suspected Hamas training ground right across the border. Speaking exclusively to the publica, Fields claims that the core of the FBI's interest in her seems to center on her coverage of a former training ground for Hamas in Matamoros, Mexico, just across the border from Brownsville, Texas. On October 7th, Fields reported this. For years in Matamoros, Mexico, directly across the border from Brownsville, Texas, Hamas had a training center. Once a large factory, the building was used to train young military age men dressed in all black these men would wait for the river to be low enough to cross over the border and illegally infiltrate the u.s for further training hamas has training camps in mexico and has for a long time thousands of jihadis have crossed the border and have disappeared into the U.S., some given rooms and cell phones, courtesy of your tax dollars, she writes. Many have been flown to multiple cities throughout the United States, including Hartford, Tampa, Atlanta, and Houston. The majority that travels into this country illegally are not women and children. They are military-age men. America needs to wake up, she writes. Thousands of sleeper fighters are in our backyards, and the Biden administration is not only aware, they are complicit. The attack on Israel is only the beginning. Get your households in order, she writes. Now, she maintains, Fields maintains, that despite other media outlets dismissing the story as unfounded, her sources, which have proven Reliable in the past, affirm that the site was operational until sometime between 2021 and 2022. Now, her refusal to cooperate to cooperate with the FBI culminated in another unannounced visit to her residence on November 7th. So just two days ago, she claims the agency's methods are akin to stalking, highlighting a broader misuse of power to suppress freedom of speech and press. Now, the publica reported after refusing to meet FBI agents once again turned up at Fields home November 7th. The only conclusion I can come to is that they would like access to my sources, Fields said. While not at the border, Fields said she uses a team of boots on the ground undercover journalists who provide her with information and videos on what's happening almost on a daily basis. And she writes one of them very specifically does not want their identity shared. I, it would compromise them. And if the wrong people intervene, they would no longer be able to share the information that they do. Sharing their identity and their location could also place them in danger of the cartel 
discovering who they are. My source has never been wrong, she continued. And I don't think the FBI would be harassing me if it was false, to be honest. I have journalistic integrity. I will never give up a source. I will go to jail first. In a statement to the Gateway Pundit, Fields has detailed her experiences and her observations. She says she's boarded the, visited the border a few times, taken photos. She says, I've written about the wristbands given by the cartels, pregnant women having their babies removed and left on the ground and their stomachs stuffed with drugs. That is disgusting. And she says it is absolutely the truth. Portable ultrasound machines that are being used by the cartel because pregnant women are more valuable. That's so gross. And when I'm not there, I have boots on the ground, undercover journalists who are out there providing me info and photos almost on a daily basis. Now, if anything, if we did not live in a corrupt government with a Department of Justice whose federal agents are used as mechanisms of strong arming, of stealing and robbing you, your rights, your freedoms, your constitutional rights. One would think that what she's writing would intrigue our government and say, oh my Lord, what is going on? Pregnant women whose babies are being ripped out of their wombs so that the space that they had occupied can be filled instead with drugs. But that's not why the feds are knocking on her door. They want her to reveal who's telling her. And one can only surmise so that they can be neutralized. Now, that sounds pretty fanciful, doesn't it? Does it? Because when you see the manhunt going on for a man who was at the Capitol on January 6th, you'll know I'm not, I'm not crazy here. And neither is Sarah Fields. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. When President Trump called this radio program last year in September and surprised us, it was awesome. And we were talking on the air and I said to him, tell me about the January 6th defendants. What are you going to do for those people? There were some people who did bad things. And in a, in a system of justice in which we can believe in right versus wrong, there should be appropriate punishment for people who break the law. But I specifically said to President Trump when he called into the show, what are you going to do when you get reelected with all of those J6 prisoners? And his answer made headlines. Everybody picked it up and blah, 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 blah. He says he's, gonna, he's going to forgive, exonerate, absolve, whatever it was. Whatever the word is that I can't think of right now. That's what he says he's probably going to do. Because this is, this is warfare. This is lawfare. Th- this is not justice. And everybody paying attention knows it. And the more we release about the videos that show the officers who, who say they saw X, Y, or Z who could not have because they physically were not in the positions they said they were because we have timestamp video to prove it. The drip, drip, drip isn't happening fast enough for the people who are in prison 
who ought not be there. Owen Schroyer should not be in solitary confinement for 30 days because the, the left is ticked off that he spoke out loudly against the state of affairs in this country. This story, though, the FBI is reportedly using tanks. Tanks, not against the cartels, not against the child labor and child sexual trafficking operation. No, we're not. Not against those people. Against a man named Gregory Yetman. And this is going on in Helmeta, New Jersey. I guess it started yesterday after Greg Letman fled his home when the FBI tried serving an arrest warrant, thanks to USA Today, who exposed him. That's perfect. Good job, you hacks. Small town's mayor, Christopher Slavic, says the manhunt has frightened the community. No, duh. How do you think freaking Gregory Yetman feels? Right? What did he do? He had to do something really bad. Well, let me open up the story from USA Today because I'm sure we can believe in it. This is the article today. Gregory Yetman was never arrested after the Capitol riot. Now an FBI search is underway. Make that manhunt. A search was underway in Middlesex County, New Jersey, for Gregory Yetman, who's wanted for his role in the January 6th Capitol riots. Wanted. You're wanted. You're a wanted fugitive. We have tanks in the woods trying to find you. What the hell is going on in this country? We have a president who's enriched himself to the tune of $30 million. And we're worried about this dude who apparently they want for picking up a canister of of pepper spray, tear gas or whatever, that apparently the Capitol Police had fired at the crowd and chucking it back at the police. And they want him. They want him so badly they've got choppers up in the sky. You think that this is a scene out of a out of a prison break. It's it's not. As of Wednesday evening, the search was continuing. Bum, bum, bum. But residents had not been told to sh- had residents had not been told to shelter in place or lock down. Why would you be told to shelter in place or lock down? This guy isn't armed and dangerous. He didn't shoot and kill anybody. Here, let me show. I'll, I'll in your mind's eye imagine me picking something up at the and throwing it back in. It's like the the guy, the the member of the Proud Boys. He went on a fence. He rattled the fence. He's serving eighteen freaking years. Joe Biden's got Corrine Jean Pierre, the absolute moron, saying, "Well, there's no evidence to connect Joe Biden to his crime family syndicate." And Merrick Garland lying under oath. Do you, sir, do you swear to tell the truth? I do. Except right now. There isn't a two-tier system of justice. It's not one for Republicans and one for Democrats. One for the rich and one for the poor. Really? I wonder how Gregory Yetman feels about that. Do they have the bloodhounds? Because that's what I'm waiting for. Do they have a scent? Do they get one of his shirts like in every movie? And, and, and what are you going to do with him once you find him? Throw him in a gulag? Put him in solitary like you did the, the QAnon shaman? 
who prayed and thanked God for the kindness of the Capitol police officers who gave him a tour of the Capitol on January 6th. You're gonna, are you going to do that? You're going to then put pubic hair and bugs in his food because that's what those prisoners have gotten. You're going to beat them because they've suffered that way too. This is, this is barbaric behavior. This is this is a country where part of the part of the people have literally lost their minds. Where there is an anger, a vile hatred of people for no other reason, but they've been indoctrinated to become clone troopers to be angry. And we're seeing the fruits of its labor. That's scary as nuts. A manhunt for a man who happened to be in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. So if you're listening to me and you're one of the one million people who were there that day, do you think they're coming for you? And as you ponder that, even if you did nothing, you were just there looking. Doesn't that make you sick to be an American? Hence why I say today's show is called, I Want Revenge, because this is not okay. See you back here tomorrow, Friday, Friday. Don't miss us. We'll be here. Until then, peace. Peace.